The title sponsor of Hunt Talk Radio is Leupold. Leupold Optics are the trusted optics of accomplished hunters and shooters. If it has a gold ring on it, you know it was built by American hands in Beaverton, Oregon. Whether it's a new rifle scope, binocular, a spotter, rangefinder, or eyewear, go to leupold.com to learn more and look for these fine Leupold products at your high-quality retailers. Hey folks, Randy Newberg here. Welcome to Leupold's Hunt Talk Radio. As I was walking, I saw something on the side. It said no trespassing, but on the other side, it didn't say nothing. Well, that side was made for you and me. Hey folks, Randy Newberg here. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day. Big change, right? You're seeing this on video. In addition to being a podcast, it's going to be a video. And we're going to try to do this because so many people who follow us on the Hunt Talk Radio podcast platform ask us, hey, you ought to film these. So today is the first one ever that we're filming and uh, got a great guest today, We'll call him a neighbor. He's just across the street from us. Uh, Dustin Diefendurfer, who is one of the founders or the founder of Mountain Tough, uh, is coming over. And we're going to talk about a whole bunch of things. I've been over there uh, getting on-ramped, I guess you'd call it, with Mountain Tough probably for the last month and really feeling good about it. I feel that this is a program that because I can do it all on my phone, on my app, I can do it down in my basement. I can do it at a gym while I'm at a hotel. I can do it in my hotel room. Wherever I'm at, I'm going to be able to do this. And for me, it's about making an investment in what I want of my future of hunting. Uh, Dustin and I have been talking a lot and we've known each other for quite a while, but uh, I, I think he's got a really cool story to share and his passion for hunting, his passion for people being their best. And that doesn't mean you're some muscle man or you're, you know, going to go to some, you know, uh, fitness contest or whatever. For him and for me, it's about invest in yourself so you can get the most out of yourself. It's it's really that simple. Uh, a couple of things I want to talk to Dustin about is what is the story of Mountain Tough? How, how did this happen? There's always a really cool story when someone in business, especially in the hunting space, has an idea and they see it to success. Where were the challenges? Where were the hurdles? I always like to focus on plan B. In other words, why even have a plan B? You want plan A to succeed. And if you give yourself a plan B, you're probably not going to get plan A to succeed. So I want to explore that a little bit. Uh, find out about these things. They have this term of what's your mountain, uh, and what were those mountains that he's got over and how they're helping other people get over there, you know, each person's mountain. Uh, I think you'll you'll get a lot of benefit out of this. I think you'll be surprised to learn their approach is not your typical go to the gym, you know, lift a bunch of weights kind of stuff. 
It's very adapted for busy people who travel a lot, people who want to work out from home, people who maybe have some some weights and other stuff to work out at home, but it's very purposeful. And for me, at age 59, I think it's going to be very beneficial. So appreciate you all being here. Uh, I hope you have a happy new year. I hope 2024 is your best year ever. Uh, we took a little break over Christmas. We closed the office for a couple weeks here. And so uh, we're just getting back in it. Uh, maybe a little bit of delay in some of our content release because we want people to have some time off. So Dustin's going to be here in a minute. Looking forward to it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for being here. Well, Dustin, welcome. Long trip to come across Huffine Lane to come to our office. Yeah, it's a, like a four-minute drive together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty, what we want. That's pretty amazing. It is. Yeah. How crazy is it that we're kind of in this same space in a lot of ways, but we're only... I mean, I could walk over to your gym pretty easily. I'd, I'd be like, what was that video game, Frogger? I'd be <laughs> yeah. running across Huffline Lane trying not to get run over. That would be the most dangerous thing you did all year <laughs> if, you tried, <laughs> if you tried to cross Huffline. That street yeah. is crazy. It is crazy. We need more stoplights. And I know the people driving that would say, no, no more stoplights. But I think it, like five years ago, they said it was the busiest street in Montana, and it was like 44,000 cars a day. Wow. But that's old information. Yeah, it's that's way busier than that. Yeah, now. the joys of being in Bozeman, Montana, I guess, good or bad. Yeah, it's growing. Yeah, but uh, anyhow, thanks for coming over because, like I told you, just when you walked in, this is the first Hunt Talk Radio podcast ever recorded for video. I should have worn like fancier clothes. I think no, <laughs> no, I, I, anything more than a ball cap, and you know, I'm wearing a button down today because my wife told me I had to go do this and do that. And she's like, "Can you wear something other than a branded T-shirt when you go do that for me?" All right, so I'm wearing a button down today. The guys probably thought I was going to a funeral, a wedding, or I, I had a court appearance or something. Funeral, wedding, or church. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, the other thing the audience is going to see is they've never seen how I do podcasts. They've heard how I do podcasts, but I always have my notes. I have my sheet here, set, and I have my pen because if you say something that is what we call gold, I write it down because I want to circle back to that. Come back to it. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully you're okay with that. Yeah, that works for me. Yeah. Hopefully the audience is okay with that. And our production guy over here, we got Kyler running the whole production, the lights, managing the audio, running three cameras. This is amazing. <clears throat> he, he's going to want to get paid triple rate today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this looks really, really good. Oh, yeah. Well, uh Marcus is the one who, this used to just be like a white room. It's all soundproofed and everything for audio. Uh, but Marcus, he's like, you know, this is really ugly. Can we go do something? So this backdrop, you can roll it and move it and do whatever. And, and then Kyler said, you know, if Dustin's coming, we've got to have a sheep in the background. So <laughs> we, we have an Alaska doll sheep right there listening in for us. That and, is cool. Uh, yeah, but, this room looks great. Well, thanks. But uh, I don't know what you have on your list, but I got a lot of things on my list. So Let's you, start with yours. You just take this conversation wherever. You host podcasts, so you know <laughs> that this could just 
end up anywhere. And uh, you were kind enough to have me on the Mountain Tough podcast. Uh, well, it released last week, I think. Yep. Or it must have because I got inundated with texts and messages. <laughs> hey, I, what a great story. And uh, I really appreciate you keeping it kind of a, a story about people and and challenges and in life, I guess. I thought it was really cool. It's a, it's cool because I think it came out right around Christmas Day, and mm-hmm. it's I think inspiring to, for people to know that no matter where, like any of us are at, any person, any human, anyone listening, there's a chance for any one of us to get better. Yeah. There's something we can all do to get a little better each day, and sometimes that's physically, sometimes that's mentally. Sometimes it's spiritually or emotionally or nutritionally, Mm -hmm. but that's one thing that humans have a huge advantage of over any other species is we can decide, I want to get a little better in this one area, and you can just make those micro adjustments. And I think your story did a really good job talking about that. Oh, I have. I, I hope it did, and it's just my story. It's it's kind of my life, and everybody has a story. Everyone has these moments that when you get the benefit of reflection, you look back, it's like, yeah, that was a pretty defining moment. It, it lo- allowed me or caused me uh, to recalibrate or rethink. And mm-hmm. uh, I think we, we as humans, another benefit we have is we can look at those events and we can learn from them and i view every one of them as a fork in the road you know am i going to use this as an excuse and maybe my i guess fall back every time things get tough going or am i going to use it as my purpose Mm -hmm. as as my destiny and uh i I guess it just comes down to how that person is wired. But one of the things I want to get into here, because uh, you and I, and this is just in our, you know, knowing each other for a few years before this, but in the last couple months of me being over and you guys really helping me get kind of on the path I want to be on, I've quickly realized that you and I have a parallel in our thinking of the fact that we're really big abundance thinkers mm-hmm. that we view everything as an opportunity. And so I, that's one of the things we'll get to in this podcast because that, that abundance mindset compared to the scarcity mindset is so powerful no matter what you do in life, whether it's business, whether it's your relationships, whether it's hunting, mm-hmm. whatever it is, there is opportunity. You just got to say, all right, I'm going to look for the opportunity. Yeah. And so we'll it's, get to that. But before we do, I want to hear the Dustin story. This is, <laughs> I mean, it's not like you just said, oh, yeah, when I grew up, I'm going to start Mountain Tough. Mm-hmm. How far back you want to go? <laughs> I think it, I would go back. I'd have to go back all the way into middle school to get the whole story tied together because I think that that event in my life in middle school I know you've had a similar one but my my parents got divorced in middle school Mm -hmm. and that 
change the trajectory of the rest of my life. And so when the divorce happened, I lived with my dad and my mom moved to a different state. But that living with my dad created a big journey for my dad down this archery pathway. Okay. So when my parents got divorced, it was related to um, a gambling addiction. Oh, and wow. so in in Billings, Montana, especially the video Kino poker machines are just everywhere. Right. And it creates a lot of issues in a lot of different families. And when that event happened in our life, my dad looking for answers on how someone could have such an addiction like this ended up in Alcoholics Anonymous. So instead of the AA side for an addict, there's the Al-Anon side right. for the family members to understand what's going on. Yep. And when he really plugged into that community, when you walk into that community, you get a sponsor. And a sponsor is essentially like, I'm here for you 24-7. Call me with any questions, problems, anything that's going on. And his main sponsor was obsessed with archery. Wow. And so what happened was my dad started competitive shooting, indoor shooting, 3D shooting. And I just kind of tagged along on that journey. Mm -hmm. And we're, we've always been a pretty obsessive family. So when we when we get into something, it's like all in. <laughs> <laughs> nothing casual. Huh? Yeah, nothing, nothing casual. And so he ended up taking it to a whole new level where we were, we were shooting bows every single day for like a noon lunch break growing up in Billings. He would walk over from his office and we went back in the day to Superior Archery. It's the old Billings bow shop. And okay. It's, we would, we'd go over there and shoot and I'd meet him over there. And those same group of guys were really, really passionate about archery elk hunting. Mm. And I had this big family of uncles too. My dad had seven. He's from a family of nine. Seven of them were boys. And so the mix of that archery crew and all my uncles, we we just went kind of deep in archery elk hunting and started hunting a lot of Montana, a lot of the other western states. And I'd always been a very passionate outdoorsy kid. And so the outdoors growing up was always my number kind of one pursuit. I played soccer growing up, and then I remember quitting soccer because it interfered with hunting season <laughs> and fishing was a big thing. And, and so that kind of was my youth foundation and that came with me to college. And so I came to MSU in Bozeman specifically to do more of the outdoors type activities that I was obsessed with mm -hmm. and guided fly fishing to pay for MSU. So I would guide fly fishing on the Bighorn all summer. And then I would come to MSU the rest of the year. And I, I would take all that guiding money and write a check to MSU so I could be <laughs> up here for the year. And still doing a lot of fishing and a lot of elk hunting. But it was really those college years where some of the Mountain Tough principles started boiling up in addition to this 
archery elk hunting background. And mm-hmm. so I started doing a lot more lifting in college to be better in the backcountry. Okay. Well, folks, application season is winding down, and then it becomes planning season, it becomes gear season, and then it becomes hunting season. And all of those things that you need are at Go Hunt. Go Hunt is a sponsor of the Hunt Talk podcast. If you go out there and you want the one-stop shop for everything the Western hunter needs, that's the place to find it. When you go to the shop and use promo code Randy, they're going to give you discounts on regular priced items. And when you sign up for Insider and use promo code Randy, they're going to put $50 of credit in that gear shop just for you. GoHunt.com, promo code Randy. Go there and do it. Nosler Ammunition is the official ammunition of Hunt Talk Radio and every other platform that we produce. Nosler was founded in 1948 by John Nosler. And over that time, Nosler Ammunition has proven time and again why so many hunters and shooters trust Nosler. Whether it's Nosler bullets, components, or their premium grade ammunition, Nosler's reputation at quality shines through. We shoot exclusively Nosler E-tips, Acubons, and partitions in all of our rifles. And all of those can be found at Nosler.com or look for them at fine retailers near you. The Hunt Talk Radio podcast is brought to you by Mystery Ranch Backpacks. For years, I've been using Mystery Ranch Packs. It might be the Metcalf or the Beartooth, the Sawtooth or the Pintler. No matter which Mystery Ranch pack you choose, here's how you can save 10% on your purchase. Go to the Go Hunt gear shop, gohunt.com, put a Mystery Ranch pack in your cart, and when you check out using promo code RANDY, you're going to save 10% off that pack and most of the other regular priced items in your cart. Mystery Ranch backpacks, can't beat them. Go check them out. And that was really helpful. So I was lifting a lot of weights those first couple years in college, all for the idea that I wanted to be better in the backcountry. And so I would I would train with like smoke jumpers and wildland firefighters, knowing that they also wanted to be better in the backcountry from a fitness perspective. Right. And it was it was it was helping and it I could see it like it was paying off having a little bit more mission specific training and then i met my wife also up here at msu and mm-hmm. she was a very very passionate runner and okay. up until this point in my life running was my least favorite activity <laughs> <laughs> i did not want to run uh, just to run but in in like pursuit of my wife as Jason like, a girl. Yeah. To woo her. Yeah. I was like, I better get into this running thing. <laughs> and just like everything, we, we kinda went all in over the top in the running passion. And so we started doing a lot of marathons and we actually we did a marathon a month for a year, one time where we did twelve Ooh. in a row and we just kind of just went over the top into running and then that led to ultra marathons and ultra marathons in that time were a lot of 50 K's and they're in the Rocky mountain West. And so a lot of times you're running in the same mountains that you're going to be elk hunting in just a few months later. So you'll run a 50 K in July and you'll be hunting that same mountain range in September. 
And so at first I thought it was the perfect combination of being the best backcountry bow hunter athlete you could be was you're running in that same terrain. You're spending a lot of time training in that terrain and your, your cardio and endurance is really, really high, but it ended up, it ended up being one of the worst pack outs of my life after that season of a lot of running. Really? And that's, that's really when the, one of the major light bulbs went off for the creation of Mountain Tough was combined with my lifting experience with some of those wildland firefighters. And then now looking at this running experience, after having ran all summer and then harvesting a bull and having a really tough pack out because I just didn't have the strength that I used to have for those heavy packs, Mm -hmm. that's when I knew that like someone should definitely be looking at this from like a mission specific training standpoint. What if someone looked at a do it yourself backcountry hunter and broke down the skill requirements it would take for them to be as successful as possible? Uh-huh. And we always call successful making sure that our customers thrive in the backcountry. Mm-hmm. And we know it's always going to be hard, and we know that there's always going to be hard days and unforeseen elements, but we really want people to thrive. And I think to thrive, it's best to, from those experiences, it was teaching me it's best to train for that event. And that event is unique compared to a lot of other sports. Yeah. And so backcountry hunting is almost unlike any other sport if you look at the military, or if you look at professional football or soccer or basketball, the demands of the heavy pack and high elevation at rugged terrain make it kind of unlike any other athlete. And so the light bulbs that were going off were someone should help someone train specifically for this to be as successful as possible. Wow. Listening to that, you know, I, I, I was telling you the other day my parents divorced when I was 10 mm-hmm. uh, pretty a, pretty much a defining moment in my life uh, I ended up living with my mom but when you said that she your dad came from a family of nine kids so did my mom really and there were two girls and seven boys that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> so I have uncles scattered all over the place I have three uncles that live in Alaska uh, Minnesota Arizona uh, so that is wild yeah but they were all very much into hunting and fishing and trapping. And because of them, I had a lot of guidance and influence along the way that uh, maybe some people would be like, oh, I just want, you know, one mentor or I want one person to kind mm-hmm. of be shepherding me. And I got a lot of input from a lot of different places, just just like you did. Yeah, that was huge for me. Yeah. I remember just always we were always like camping fishing backpacking hunting boating because yeah. every place you went one uncle was helping you with something else yeah non-stop yeah are you still close to them yep yeah. yeah 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 they're definitely i still have a few that are still just obsessed with outdoors yeah. it's pretty cool yeah, it's it's interesting. My mom's youngest brother, so the world doesn't need to know this, but my mom was a teenager <laughs> when I was born, so I'm sure it wasn't a planned event. Mm-hmm. Her youngest brother was my college roommate. 
that's how close we were in age. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, Mom, the world didn't need to know that, but they do now. But if they're wondering why your brothers seem like my brothers, it's because we were so close in age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the relationships are still really close. The people who watch our content, my Uncle Larry, he's one of the favorites because he's now 70, what is Larry, 77. And I guess when you get in your 70s, you get like this free pass to say what's on your mind and, oh, yeah. and use colorful language. And it's funny. <laughs> Whereas if guys like you and I do it, it's crude and it's, yeah. you know, it's it's not good. So, uh, but I, I felt really lucky to have people like that as examples. So they, they provided a lot of good examples for me along the way. Yeah. It's, I think it's, I mean, it's very connected to that abundance mindset because the, the hardest things in our life, the most difficult things, they, they make us who we are and they, they make us the best possible version of our, ourselves. Yeah. Even in the moment, it's the worst thing ever. Yeah. But it, I think using it as an opportunity can make us like, so much better as long as we kind of have that mindset yeah yeah and you know i've told my mom before and like you know you may not think this but probably one of the greatest benefits of my life as weird as this sounds as contradictory was the skills that i acquired by being the oldest of three kids when you were the single mom because i had to come home from school grab my sister she was three years younger, bring her home. Mom's working at the diner. And then I'd go get my brother who was two years old, go get him from the babysitter, you know, the daycare. Back then you didn't have daycare really, or not a daycare facility. You just had somebody in the little town of 500 people who would babysit for you. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'd kind of be there, take care of everybody. Till my mom got home from work and I didn't know any different. I'm like, well, this is what you do, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... I, I was trying to explain to her uh, one day because she, my mom, still carries some, some, I think, disappointments or some worries that oh maybe I should have hung in there longer. But you don't hang into an abusive alcoholic relationship like that. Yeah. And uh, so she did what she had to do. And the other thing, I've never met anyone who works as hard as my mom mm. to this day. She's seventy six, and she just there's she's up at daylight and. All day, doing something. I mean, that's seventy six. Well, I I painted this room last week. I'll I'll go repaint that room. It just because if she's not doing something, she's uh-huh. just bored. And and she had that work ethic all of her life. So growing up, I just saw somebody who worked twelve, fourteen hours a day, and she ended up buying the little diner that she worked at. That's awesome. And she'd get up. And she breakfast was a big rush hour thing. All the loggers would come in for breakfast. So she'd be up at four in the morning getting all the food prep for breakfast. And then would come the lunch shift. She'd work through that. And by six o'clock, she was just exhausted. And she's trying to raise three kids at the same time. It's like, all right, no matter what my life ever was or ever becomes, I'm never going to complain about how hard I got to work. Because I had her for that example of of uh, what it was, and I I I think a lot of us, as much as at the time we're going through it, we might regret 
or wish for a different life or a different path, you know, because mm. it's so disruptive, kind of like it was for you and it was for me. But if you can look back at it and you can get through it, it builds a lot of life skills mm-hmm. that they can't teach in a textbook. They can't teach you in 12th grade. They, they can't teach you in college. They're just life skills that you had to pick up. Yeah, it's been helpful to me to have kids of my own related mm-hmm. to that. And it's still very complicated and difficult to get it just right. Oh, yeah. But the one thing it did help with is like looking at my own daughters now, the, I don't want them to have a struggle-free life right. because how much struggle has taught me. Yeah. And so you you when you have kids of your, your own, you can really see it that if they have a completely struggle-free life and everything's handed to them, and no challenges to overcome or no difficult people to navigate through and and hard conversations to have, then they're going to have a really hard time getting on their own two feet. And it's when you kind of see it through that lens, you realize that when we were in that same position, even though it was hard, it was so helpful. And now it's kind of like, how, how do we do the best job possible of, passing that down without making things too hard. That's where I get really hung up. Yeah. I, well, I only had one. So like, (laughs) like I've said many times is if you only have one parent, you get accused of really not being a parent because if you blame the kids, you blame the right one and you know, they don't (laughs) fight with each other, no one to fight with. But, uh, that was a big concern of mine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I told my son, I told Matthew, I said, you know, you're not going to college here in Bozeman. I don't care where you go, but you're not going to live under this roof. You're not going to have your mom, hey, can I do your laundry? Because she would do it for you. Yeah. Or come over for dinner three nights a week. You're leaving. And uh, so he did. He went to New York to go to college. And uh, it it was a good learning experience for him. Because as hard as we could want for him to have challenges and struggles, when he's an only child, I mean, let's face it, it, it you kind of get a lot of attention and everything showered on you as an only child. And then you, that that fine line you're talking about, how do you, where is that fine line? How do you make sure they have some challenges and struggles? Yeah, that was and, a uh, good, really good start, though. I think a really good move was what you did to have them. Because yeah. being out on your own and figuring things out on your own, that's where yeah. you really start learning. Yeah. he lost, You know, most people go after college and they gain weight. He lost <laughs> some <laughs> weight his freshman year. He was grinding. <laughs> but, yeah, my wife is like, you think he's doing okay? I'm like, oh, yeah. He just has to cook for himself now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it's almost like in business. Or hunting, and this is why I make so many parallels to hunting and business is that every challenge you face really becomes that that learning experience. It becomes part of that bundle of of skills that only became part of your tool set because of the the failure or the struggle or the challenge that you had to work through. Yeah, and generally you're talking about a, a brutal pack out. Like, yeah. All right. 
This is learning. a learning experience. This is where am I going to take, where am I going to take this? I love that so much because I think it, it, we talk about it a lot at Mountain Tough internally as a team. Mm-hmm. But if every time we fail, it's not a failure. It's just a chance to learn. Yep. Then it becomes this theory that we either win or we learn. And learning is winning. So then it's like we win or we win. Yeah. So I think it's very connected to that abundance mindset is we're going to try things and we're going to fail sometimes as long as we learn why we failed and what caused some of that and then adapt and try again and then try again. We're learning and just adapting and learning and adapting. Then it is kind of like the sky is the limit and you know anything is possible under that theory that every single time something doesn't go right or if it does go right, well, you know, what can we learn from that and how can we improve next time? Hunt Talk Radio is brought to you by Outdoor Class. Outdoor Class is an online learning platform that includes access to courses from some of hunting's most trusted experts. You'll find courses by my buddy Corey Jacobson, Remy Warren, me, Hank Shaw, John Barklow, Jamie Teagan, and the list is growing and growing. And here's the other cool part. My buddy Corey, who founded the University of Elk Hunting course, the popular course that is everything known about elk hunting, his course is now part of your subscription to Outdoor Class. So, all for one subscription, at one price, you get all of the Outdoor Class courses, plus Corey's University of Elk Hunting. Go to OutdoorClass.com, use promo code RANDY when you sign up, and you're going to save 20%. This will be great information for any hunter. Hunt Talk Radio is brought to you by Outdoor Class, an online learning platform that includes access to courses from some of hunting's most trusted experts. Outdoor Class now includes the University of Elk Hunting course from my buddy Corey Jacobson. All these courses in one single subscription at one price. Go to OutdoorClass.com and use promo code RANDY to save 20% when you sign up. This is great information for any hunter at any level. The Hunt Talk Radio podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Mountain Tough. The Mountain Tough Bodyweight On-Ramp Program is the perfect program for someone who's busy like I am. If you travel a lot, if you got that busy daily life, this works. I know because I've been in it. And I also know that I have to make fitness a priority at this point in my life. The Mountain Tough Fitness app makes that incredibly easy. I get to follow a program from start to finish, and I know when I'm done, I will have achieved my goal. And my goal for hunting and my health. I'm going to hunt until I'm 80. Well, I hope I am if I live that long. Anyhow, if you want to invest in your health and your hunting, Go to mountaintough.com, sign up for the free trial, you'll get 14 days free. But if you use promo code RANDY when you sign up, they'll add another 30 days onto that free trial. Go there, mountaintough.com. I suspect if you listen to this Hunt Talk Radio podcast, you know that we've got 15 seasons of hunting video content. And we have all of that 
on one great platform. That platform is FreshTracks Plus. At FreshTracks Plus, there are no ads. It's the highest quality viewing experience. It's available on mobile and smart TV and Roku and Apple TV and Amazon Fire. Your support of FreshTracks Plus helps us make more podcasts, more videos, and more educational content. If you want to try it out, go to freshtracks.tv and you can sign up now. Thanks for your support. Yeah. It's been really big for us. Yeah. And uh, I think anyone who's going to be successful in business or whatever their goals are, I mean, I always say business because I, I come from the CPA world, but any client I had that was successful in whatever their goal was, whether it was they wanted to go do mission work for their church or they wanted to be really successful in business or they, every one of them had the mindset that, oh, this is just more knowledge. This experience might've been a rough bump in the road, but this is why I'm not going to have the bump in the road the next time. Mm-hmm. And I'm an, I'm an Excel yeah. and I'm going to get to where I want to be. And so I, I, I think all the times I've messed up elk hunting and I've said, uh, you know, I don't know how many times I've told this story is when I moved to Montana in 1991, I hunted elk a lot. <laughs> I mean, to the point where my wife is like, are you sure you're out there elk hunting? <laughs> how can you be gone this much and you haven't brought one home yet? Mm-hmm. Six years I did not shoot an elk. Yeah. I didn't even fire a shot at an elk the first six years. If there was a mistake that could be made elk hunting, I invented how to do it. <laughs> but I look at it now and what it forced me to do, it forced me to the, the one summer that I just said, enough of this. I have to figure this out. And I'd always look for shortcuts. I'm like, oh, if I go buy this piece of gear. This will get me through. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't investing in my knowledge set of what it took to understand where elk were going to be on the day I was hunting them. So that summer, I go and get this book, Elk and Elk Ecology by Jack Ward Thomas, and I read it multiple times over the summer. I come up with all these plans, build all these diagrams. Okay, there's pre-rut, there's peak rut, there's post rut, there's late season, what what do they do? And so I still remember all these notes I had. It was so cryptic, but I understood it because it was was working for my brain. Opening morning, rifle season, seventh season, go out. I'm like, all right, well, not opening morning, day before. Driving to this trailhead, I'm hiking in there in the dark because I think they're going to be looking for sanctuary when the shooting starts. This is a post-rut period of what I had called it anyhow. Boom shot my first out there they are and what it showed me is how much looking for shortcuts is lazy and that's what i was doing was being lazy i didn't want to put in the work and the effort the mental work uh even though i was putting in a decent amount of physical work uh and it, it just really clicked right then and there that if you're gonna look for shortcuts you're looking for a path that's probably not going to get you where you want to go. Because if there were shortcuts, everybody would be going that direction. Yeah. 
The best elk hunters are students of elk. They know what elk want and need and how they respond on that day when they're out in the hills. Yeah. The crossovers to that with life are crazy. Yeah. My, I mean, my experience was so similar. I remember with that core group from my dad's sponsor buddy, I remember going with them and we went to the Missouri breaks from Billings all the time. And I remember they would go out in their crews of two and then my dad and I would hunt together and my dad and I, we would just blow one opportunity after the next, <laughs> after the next, like bumping elk, elk smelling us, elk seeing us. And I remember the same exact thing that we started looking for all the shortcuts at first. So you're looking for like cover scents. Yeah, do I have enough I cover scent on? Yeah. And we would come back to camp and there was an old timer in that camp named Bob Allen and Bob Allen he wore like a homemade ghillie suit he hunted with a recurve wow he made his own mouth calls wow. and he had a little sony handycam and we would come back and he would show us on his little sony handycam oh i saw this bull and this bull wasn't big enough and then i snuck in on this bull and this bull wasn't big enough and my dad and I were like, are you kidding me? Like, I can't even see an elk or get close to an elk. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, this guy is a magician. How is yeah. this possible? that Because he has it on camera. He has, like, proof every day. And then you, you just keep going and you keep going and you keep going. And I think that that is a huge key yeah. is it, that game of perseverance. You're just going all the time, and every time you're going, and you're learning, and then all of a sudden, five, six, seven years, you have these learnings stacked on top of each other, and then it's it gets to a point where it's kind of hard to articulate to a brand new guy who goes with you what you're doing. You can't yeah. even explain what you're doing, <laughs> yeah. and they're ask like, and they're and they're still in that gear or that uh, mm -hmm. shortcut mode where they want to know like what batteries you have on your headlamp and right. like, it doesn't matter what battery it's like it matters about being out here all the time but it but to explain those learnings yeah. is hard and i think it's almost exactly like that in business or entrepreneurship or maybe even life or parenting where it's kind of a game of just never quitting right and by never quitting you learn a lot yeah a lot of stuff yeah, I I wish I could emphasize and get people who maybe have quit or are thinking about quitting the value of not quitting. Because you, most sane people would have quit about the fourth or fifth year of failure like I had elk hunting. Well, obviously I'm not an elk hunter. I better take up golf or something. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't. And once it kind of the trigger sort of broke, it was just like so easy to reflect back on all the mistakes I've made, the times where I was being lazy, the times I was being discouraged and, you know, let myself get kind of, I don't want to say the weather can talk you out of it. So you talk yourself out of it because, oh, well, it's going to be windy and no one shoots an elk on a windy day. Well, guess what? If I would have stuck it out, the, the elk were over on the lee side of the hill and I probably, yeah. but 
until you start having a little success, you really don't put the puzzle together. But I felt that in that first year and then the next year, it was just like shooting open a day every year, it seemed like, after that. And the puzzle just seemed so easy to put together at that point because I quit being lazy about it. I quit thinking I could go down to Bob Ward's and buy something off the shelf that was going to get me an elk. It's like business. I mean, if if there was something you could go and buy to get your business from what the startup plan was to its 10-year maturity plan, I'd go buy one of those. Yeah. But there isn't. Well, and it, it's kind of like you wouldn't be ready either. Right. It's There's an old parable that's called good father, good son. And it talks about if you're a great father and have a great son, would you buy them a Lamborghini for their first car? And you wouldn't. Right. Even though you're a good father and they're a great son, they're not ready for that Lamborghini at 16 years old for their yeah. first car. And I think like in business, I think about with Mountain Tough so many times where we're working hard every day, we're working hard to have a, a better product and get that product to more customers. But if if someone just magically dumped 100,000 customers on our head tomorrow, we wouldn't be ready for that kind of overflow to happen so it's mm -hmm. like it's it's really good that things work the way they do and i think with with elk hunting it's really similar that if you would have shot an elk on that first year in 91 your first trip out you probably still wouldn't be elk hunting no i you probably wouldn't. wouldn't like it yeah i'd be like oh this was easy i've been there done that yeah yeah I, i'm i'm sure that would be the case it's kind of like the hard things in life are the best. It's yeah. And the hardest hunts are our favorite hunts. Yeah. And I think that's some of the allure of public land self-guided elk hunting. Mm -hmm. And not saying that private land elk hunting isn't fun. Not saying guided hunts aren't fun. I'm just saying if you really want to put yourself to the test year after year after year, go compete with the masses out on the public lands. And <laughs> just, I, I think that what you said there, though, of how the hardest stuff is what's the most appealing and rewarding, I think there's that that relationship there that it's hard to explain. Why do you want to do it when it's that hard? Uh, because when I'm successful, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, it's that, it's that delayed gratification of... Kind of like, kind of like you mentioned earlier, a few months ago. Like it's very similar to, like saving for ten years for your first rifle. Yeah. That delayed gratification, all that work you put in, is yeah. so so much more rewarding than someone handing you something. Yeah. So I'm gonna roll back again to where we again we took a side street here. You must have been good at running, and caught this gal who had your eye <laughs> because you're now married with two wonderful daughters mm -hmm. but along the way comes this concept that hey there are a lot of people that could benefit from the experiences i've went through and i want to figure out how i get them to 
to that point or get that information and those experiences to them. Was I, am I oversimplifying how, how Mountain Tough came to be? Yeah, you're you're accurate. There was a really big element to the story that eventually led to the creation of Mountain Tough. And so I had the the lifting bug and experience and then the running experience. Met my wife and we got more involved in the running. The the big element that created Mountain Tough from those experiences it was all kind of building in kind of a, a life story was that we both graduated from Montana State and we both had business degrees she had marketing and I had management and we landed phenomenal jobs right away both of us and she landed a marketing job with an agency and I had this on paper, amazing job where we were interviewing C-level executives in this think tank organization. Wow. And at first it seemed like perfect. And what I think about a lot now looking back at it that I really try to help like younger kids with are my, my daughters is in a lot of ways we were kind of doing what the world told us to do. So the world was kind of telling us to get a college degree. And then because you have a business degree, get some sort of corporate America job. Mm -hmm. And we, I personally wasn't listening to my heart and my gut quite enough because I was so outdoorsy and physical activity was so important to me. I just came off all those seasons of guiding. And then I was now stuck in this office <laughs> even though on paper it was a, a great job great pay great benefits I was really depressed stuck in this office on the phone all day um, on a computer all day on a, at a desk all day and my wife was feeling really similar feelings and we were both just more active and being stuck in this corporate environment was tough, but it was hard to reconcile because that's kind of what America was telling us right. to do or the world was yeah. telling us to do. And so what, what ultimately happened is we both quit our jobs and our friends and family thought we were nuts because they were a really <laughs> good job. <laughs> a lot of friends and family were mad at us for quitting yeah. those jobs. And we ended up going and working in Africa and we worked for a nonprofit that was building orphanages in Uganda. <clears throat> and they were rescuing kids that came out of the Civil War. Wow. And we got there and we were on the ground. And it was like the most rewarding, greatest experience of my life. And it's 24-7 adventure. You're outside every day, all day. It's very active because you're doing a lot of farming and agriculture work. Mm -hmm. And so the organization here had 240 kids and we had a primary school, a secondary school, uh, church, soccer fields. And then we had a process set up to teach the kids entrepreneurship, which I really loved. And so we were creating a pineapple grove to sell pineapples and a chicken farm for eggs. Oh, wow. So it, it was it was an amazing, amazing experience. And 
my wife got pregnant while we were over there with our first daughter. And so we knew we would come home to Bozeman and we didn't have a plan B. We were like, we'll come home and our first daughter will be born in Bozeman because we knew we wanted her born in an American hospital with the health concerns. Yeah, And then we would just fly right back over to Africa after a few weeks and, and go to work. And it's really funny because we were, we were so naive about what was about to actually happen. Yeah. Like we didn't have any job interviews. We didn't have any other plan than our plan was that Ava would be born in Bozeman. We'd stay with family for like six weeks and then we'd go back to Uganda, back to work with her. And when she came out as a real human being that we were responsible for taking care of, we both like instantly knew we weren't going back for a while Yeah, because of just the travel and the health and the safety. There was no way that we were going to be able to go back and stuck at home without any plan B at all was probably one of the greatest things that, that happened to us. It was yeah. kind of this burn the ships moment where it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like you're stuck back home, no jobs with this tiny little human you're responsible for. And I think especially as like a father to provide, it was like, I got to figure something out right yeah. away. And I'm so glad it happened that way because I had been thinking about the mountain tough stuff the the theories and the principles and the concept forever but i just never had the courage to take that step to just go for it mm -hmm. and this situation kind of forced that it's like well now's the time to go for it cuz you're 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 back home and rather than going and in, in going to job interviews and working for someone else like now's the time to just get this thing off the ground and so that's when we got Mountain Tough off the ground. And it, it was a real American dream bootstrap story. Yeah. So Lyle, you, you know mm -hmm. Lyle, yeah. he designed, I actually drew the original logo on a napkin and then I showed it to Lyle and then Lyle turned it into an actual logo and that's still our logo today. And then <laughs> I, I hung a flyer at Big Sky Archery mm -hmm. and the flyer was the logo and then above it all it said was looking to train backcountry hunters and then at the bottom it had the tear off phone numbers yeah. like like the puppy for sale <laughs> <laughs> probably didn't even yeah. have the area code just the just the number. 586 dash yeah. some bo local bozeman number <laughs> yeah and I, just, I hung, hung those there and then like three guys called and three guys called and was like what is this mountain tough thing all about and we started we started training in the park behind my house. And oh. So we would do like lunges on the soccer field and pull ups on the monkey bars. And that's how the whole thing got off the ground. Oh. It's really cool how it's just evolved and evolved. What and year evolved. was that? That was twenty sixteen. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy thinking about it now. Yeah. Seven how much years has changed. Later. Yeah. Wow. Your story is really similar. I yeah, mean, it's yeah, starting it's, to film your hunts out of nothing. Yeah, I, I had no intention to be sitting in this chair in 2023. <laughs> you know, when I had my whole liver blow up and they told me, hey, you're not going to be a CPA forever. 
Or, well, maybe forever, but your forevers are pretty terminal. (laughs) So you better (laughs) fix something here. Uh, It was really hard at that point in my life. I'm 41 to be seeking a new identity. My identity was this guy in Bozeman who was one of the partners in this really robust CPA firm. We had a pension administration practice, and I was out doing some crazy things with trusts and estate planning. Not not crazy like in dangerous crazy, but like really yeah. creative stuff. Yeah. And it, you, you build a sense of professional pride in that, and all of a sudden someone's like, oh, you got to flip the switch here. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, really? And then, you know, this kind of becomes a little bit of uh, a side thing. Uh, I'd sat on the board of a nonprofit group Uh, at this time for 13 years. I'd sat on the board of directors of Orion, the Hunters Institute. It was a a group and still exists, but at the time it was, it was a more, uh, it's founder Jim Posowitz was still there and it was about teaching hunting, uh, hunting culture, hunting, uh, behavior, uh, some call it ethics. You know, I, we went around and taught the hunter ed instructors, you know, there's a portion of the hunter ed curriculum that is hunter behavior. So Jim and Ralph, the guys who worked there, they went and taught that to the hunter ed instructors. So I'd been doing that, and uh, I I just felt like whenever I went to Congress or I went to the state legislature, I went to hearing, I look around, and here's me and some other volunteers that took a day off work, and we're trying to push the ball forward or not get rolled over by the big snowball that's rolling down the hill. And the other people are all paid professionals. And so I was bemoaning this to a guy named Mark Hervenen who sat on this board of directors with me and uh, Mark's from Marquette, Michigan. And Mark's like, well, why don't we just start our own platforms? Let's amplify the voice of these hunters that we think that don't have a voice. So he kind of talked me into it, and then a bunch of my CPA clients, uh, four, five of them, are like, well, this sounds like fun. I want in on that. <laughs> I'm like, look, I'm going to be the majority owner, and trust me, you're probably going to lose this money within two years. <laughs> and I knew all of them well enough that I would have never done it without people who didn't just give me 100% control in the reins to just go wherever it could. Uh, so... Over time, uh, big help from from all of them, uh, and they you know they've been bought out. Uh, but the, this whole why of the business plan that I put together in two thousand seven uh, hasn't changed. Mm. And a lot of people ask me, and this gets to something you just said. I wrote it down. Plan B. I never gave myself a plan B. Yeah. Because if you give yourself plan B and plan C and whatever, you're probably going to bail. You're going to take one of the easy exit ramps and you're not going to end up with what plan A was, with what your real dream was. Oh, well, you know, I could just, maybe I could, nah, that's too much work. I'm going to go and do this. This this would be a good way to 
to kind of transition away from the CPA world. No, this is what I'm about. This is what I live for. You know, conservation, public lands, access, hunting, and the culture I was raised in and the culture I feel exists here in Montana. This is this is my identity. This this really it was a blessing because now I I had a professional identity as a CPA, but my personal identity since the day my dad took me on a grouse hunt, I was going to be a hunter. Mm-hmm. And here, here I am being able to do that and try to advocate for the the resources and the, and the efforts that are essential to that. But if I would have given myself a plan B for this business, we wouldn't be sitting here today. That's huge. Yeah. The, I, I think about all the bumps along the way. Like we started it in September of 2008. Well, what happened Crisis. in October of 2008? Yeah. The entire world fell apart financially. So the just the scope of numbers, the first year production contract I signed was $300,000. And then I had to go and buy $180,000 worth of airtime. Mm-hmm. And I thought I had most of that covered with... Uh, sponsorship that it committed you know like that september the production company i was working they were out getting sponsors verbal commitments are like well at chat show we'll go there they'll meet randy we'll sign all the contracts well within six weeks all shut off yeah so my first year, I had $25,000 of sponsorship revenue to cover that $480,000. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Who would take financial advice from me, right? <laughs> and uh, the second year wasn't much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, you know, the I, I don't think we got to break even until 2015. And since then, it's just kind of wavered, you know, hung there at the break-even level. But my wife and I would have our directors, shareholders, whatever you want to call it, meeting at the end of each year. And we mostly did it just as kind of a formality and a little bit of humor. (laughs) She always knew the answer to this question. She'd look at the financial statements and she'd be like, you're a CPA. Would you tell one of your clients to continue to work for free in this business? That's even with you working for free, it's losing all this money. And but her and I, and this is where sometimes you just luck out, right? You find that person in your life that you you're both rowing the same direction. When it comes time to pull, you both pull, or it comes time to push, you both push instead of one doing the other. And I have been so blessed in that respect. And she understands that I don't look for a plan B because this is the smart partner, spouse would have said, is there a plan B here? Maybe? <laughs> but she knew me well enough that I'm going to see it through. Man. And uh, so uh, I, I think a lot of things in life, even elk hunting, even relationships, business, if you give yourself easy exit ramps, you're never going to get to what that, that end, end goal was or, or that purpose that you had, your why. Why, mm-hmm. why do you want to? go over these hurdles? Why do you want to endure some of this business risk or some of the 
you know, craziness, you know, your family telling you and your wife, you guys are nuts. Why are you quitting that job? Right. I mean, yeah. all that stuff. Or why would you decide, all right, I'm going to bootstrap it and make mountain tough be something. Well, if you would have had an easy out or given yourself the easy out, I'm sure there were times between 2016 and today where it would have been easy to just say, yeah, I think I'll go that direction. Yeah. But then you, you just would live with those regrets yep. of never trying it. Yeah. I think the, the no plan B is the burn the ships mentality yeah. is, is so huge. And yeah. it is a huge blessing when you're, when your spouse is on board. Yeah. I know that's not always the case for right. like younger entrepreneurs trying to get something off the ground where sometimes the spouse isn't as on board as others. But that was the same for me where m my wife has always been a huge supporter, no matter how good or bad things are. Yeah. And it, I think it, it would have been quite difficult for me to do it without that being the case. Yeah. But I remember we did our tax return that year of being in Uganda. <laughs> the, the year in Uganda, our, our combined household income was $18,000. <laughs> and I remember doing those taxes and being like, man, because I felt like it was a pretty good year. Because uh -huh. in Africa, you don't need a ton of money. And right. There was never anything that we were short on. We never missed a meal. Yeah. And as, But then you go through so many... You go through so many events, getting a company off the ground where yeah. we've had it, we'd have issues where the accountant would call in Christmas time and say, we owe a hundred thousand dollars here or there. And you're like, are you kidding me? There's always some yeah. sort of traumatic event yeah. that you have to navigate around. And I think just knowing that you're in it for the long haul makes all those traumatic yeah. events so much easier to just find a solution for and get get through. The one way that I really see it, you can see it in pretty black and white in a hunting scenario. And I like looking at that as an analogy because I think it, it is identical to life and business. But the one example I have seen a lot from hunting of not burning the ships versus burning the ships is that in Montana, the way that you usually see it a lot of times is with a special draw tag. Like let's say a friend of yours gets a moose, sheep, or goat tag in Montana. Mm -hmm. When when someone doesn't burn the ships, a lot of times what you'll see is someone will say, hey, we're going to go in this drainage that's got some mountain goats. I drew the mountain goat tag. Uh, you should bring your bow too in case we run into any elk. And so they're not they're not burning the ships going all in on that goat. Yeah. Or the other way you see it is someone will say, I, I drew a Montana goat tag. I think I kind of want to go after it with my bow, but let's bring a rifle right. just in case. You know it's going to happen. Oh, and any time they bring the rifle, <laughs> there's no way they're using that bow. Yeah. And it's that analogy helps me because it's like that's the same in business yep. or in anything, mm. your marriage or your any sport you're participating in, like you can't bring that rifle if you're going on an archery hunt. You yeah. got to leave that thing at home. Yeah, and it that task that leaving that rifle at home, that the burning the ship, 
it gives you that mission centric vision. Like this is my one focus. Mm -hmm. I'm focused on this until I can't work on that mission anymore. But I think that's what it takes to get some of these things off the ground or to be successful on some of these hunts. Yeah. No, I, I, when you were saying that, uh, I was thinking about in 2021 when I had my goat tag, uh, a lot of guys were like, you going to bring your bow? Nope. Because I know it'll happen. I'll know in the back of my head, the rifle's back at the truck. When it gets tough, I'll just, the next morning, I'll grab my rifle. I'll go up there and shoot it with my rifle. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, I just know that because of having seen a lot of plan B's get exercised because people said, well, plan A is too tough. And, you know, for me, this gets back to anyone who hasn't watched it. It's been out for a long time now. There's a a YouTube video there about your why. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to remember Simon's... I can't believe the name slips me. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And... uh, walk around here and look at all of our whiteboards we got a y written on them and that makes it so easy to stick to plan a it's just this easy filter okay does this help advocate for self-guided public land hunting does it create and inspire people to advocate for that cause yeah oh well then that's let's get that on the to-do list does it not no well cross that off that filter is helpful. Yeah. Really helpful. Yeah. And I mean, I'd be foolish to say that I don't have a bunch of business plans and other business goals and other stuff that support all of that. Because if the business can't keep the doors open and at least make payroll, we're not going to accomplish the why. So mm-hmm. uh, you got to be able to do, do all that together. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, Marcus and I just got back from a, a pretty physical coos deer hunt. I, I uh, This is the most physical coos deer hunt I've ever been on. Uh, and I'm really glad that I was on ramping before I, yeah, you'd started I, I went on that hunt. Uh, but I, I told Marcus one day, I can't remember exactly how I said it, but I, I told him, I said, you know, if we do end up getting a good buck on this one, it's going to be worth it. Because we are busting our humps. We, we are gaining a lot of elevation. We're not just sitting here glassing. We're moving and moving and going. and Getting the work. Yeah. And uh, I'll admit, the gratification of that buck that I shot last week was probably as high as any deer I've shot in a long time. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it's just because... And I had chances to shoot, you know, younger bucks that were in a lot easier spots. And don't get me wrong, someday that's that will be an accomplishment for me. But knowing what I came there to do and what my goal was and wanting an older age class buck, it didn't even go through my mind of why are you doing this? Why? why? It's just like, no, the, I, I've built the skills over time of all the the failures I've had to say, this is what I want out of a hunt. And this is what I'm going to do because I know this is the greatest likelihood. And if I don't fill the tag or I don't have multiple opportunities, that's not the definition of success or failure. Mm -hmm. I knew what I wanted out of the hunt and I went and tried to get that out of the hunt. And that's the definition of success. And most often you end up with a filled tag on an animal that 
you'd kind of thought about. Yeah, and, you set that mission up first, that vision for the trip. Yeah, and so it's, you know, almost everything I do now in my life, I equate to what's the why of this? I mean, yeah, you have your why of your business, but what's the why of this hunt or this story or whatever it is we do? And I, I've got to know you and your people over there pretty well uh, in the last couple months. Uh, and you all seem to have a very shared vision uh, built around what I suspect is a pretty strong why. And earlier I wrote down when you were talking, you said the mountain tough theories, principles, and concepts. Yeah. What are those? <laughs> That's a great, I'm glad you asked that because we spend some time talking about this and I love talking about it at mountain tough because I don't want folks to always think that we're just a training for hunting company because that is a lot of what we do. And a lot of folks sign up for Mountain Tough for that exact reason. Mm -hmm. So a typical way someone would sign up for Mountain Tough is they would live in the Midwest or the East Coast and they would draw a Colorado elk tag for the first time ever. And they would know that that trip is coming and they know that they need to get a little bit more prepared for it physically. They're worried about the elevation. They're worried about the rugged terrain. They want to they want to thrive on that trip. Or a lot of times they're really scared of the elevation and they want to survive on that trip <laughs> is what we see a lot of. Yeah. And they're going to they're going to sign up for Mountain Tough and start training and we we will be able to get them in a much better position to thrive for that hunt. But in a lot of ways at Mountain Tough, our our shared vision and, and the why that you kind of see when you come over there is is we view that a lot of times as a really positive a positive bait and switch. So they signed up for Mountain Tough because of a hunt. But we know now we have a really good chance to help that individual change their whole entire life holistically. Yeah. So our big why at Mount Tough is is we want to we want to change a hundred thousand lives by twenty six, but we want to do that holistically. So we want to help our customers physically, and we want to help them mentally, spiritually, emotionally, nutritionally. And what the what that does the why why the team's so excited about that at, in our headquarters is because we see those testimonials come in all the time every day. And it's usually a testimonial where someone signed up for Mountain Tough because of that Colorado elk hunt, but then all of a sudden they noticed they're a way better father at home. Now they have all this time, they have all this energy to play with their kids that they didn't have before. So they're getting home and they're playing with their kids where they used to kind of check out because they were tired. Right. And then they're sleeping better where they used to kind of have some insomnia and they're they're better at work because they slept better so now they're way more productive and so they're uh, better at home better at work better fathers um, employees bosses friends and so that's what we see all the time and that's what we want to happen because the the hunt is 
just a one-time event for that individual. That Colorado elk tag may be a one-time event. We want it to be multiple for decades. And we know that the best way to do that is to take care of that individual holistically. And so that's that gets us really excited at Mountain Tough, that why, because really the, the why is life change and life transformation. Mm-hmm. Even though we're accomplishing that goal through a lot of training that individual for hunting and for backcountry hunting and for do-it-yourself backcountry hunting is, is our primary target customer. But our primary mission is a is life transformation. And so that makes it pretty easy for us all to get out of bed every morning is because that's been our goal for a long time. But to see it happening every day, it's it's pretty easy to roll right into the office. It's, yeah. it's exciting. Well, everybody over there is so upbeat and optimistic and encouraging and you know, I uh Knowing you for the last four or five years and us bumping into each other at events and then watching you guys build your building over there a couple of years ago. Uh, and, and I've told you this, is I always had this impression that you guys were just another one of the, well, let's go lift some weights, let's go flex in front of the mirror, take <laughs> selfies and start an Instagram account. Uh, <laughs> and nothing could be more uh, discouraging or the antithesis of me and my life mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of reasons. One, you know, I'm 59 years old, been driving a desk for a living for too long, <laughs> got more than my share of impairments and ailments. So going to a gym, I have never had a gym membership, never in my life. I always used hiking as my mechanism, but having some events of the last year and just age convincing me that, all right, Randy, you, you've you've cheated it far enough and long (laughs) enough you're gonna have to get honest with yourself here Mm -hmm. and and uh that's when you know i reached out and we started talking a little bit and it was just so eye-opening to me that you guys do it a completely different way uh, and that's where, when you wrote down uh, the concepts and principles, just the concept that you can have a busy life, you can travel a lot, but you don't have to give up your health or, or your ability to invest in your health. And that's so key to someone like me because tomorrow I leave and it's the start of show season for three months. Yeah. And every year, by the time show season's over, I've gained 10 pounds. I feel like crap. I'm out of shape. I'm not sleeping well. I, it, all those things that you were just talking about, mm-hmm. my productivity goes down. I need some way that I can keep myself accountable and healthy throughout this three month period and then keep it going after that. And I, I feel stupid that I didn't know that that's kind of your specialty uh, and, and that you guys have so many ways to do that in, in the concepts that you've put out there. Uh, am I a little bit of a prototype from the standpoint of someone who's really busy, someone who travels a lot and has kind of given up on the formal 
Gold's Gym or whatever. I don't even know if Gold's Gym's still around, but whatever yeah. gym. Uh, it, you know, am I? Would I be a typical customer? Yeah, I think that you're more typical than you realize for okay. a Mountain Tough customer. And it really started, I think, it really started in the beginning. We kind of had the ethos that in 2016 and 2017, we were, we were talking a lot about to our customer base that like the goal isn't for Mountain Tough, the goal isn't to look fit, it's to actually be fit. And yeah. so forever we wanted folks to be able to be fit, which the the litmus test for us is, are they feeling better on the mountain every time, every year than before they did Mountain Tough? And it started with a lot of gym-based programming and we had a preseason program for hunters that was all gym based. We had a postseason strength program for hunters that was all gym based. And then our customers started reaching out to us a lot in kind of that 2017 era because we had built a base from both pre and post. And that first group of core customers, those kind of first adopters, were really diehard backcountry hunters because mm -hmm. that's kind of all who was finding us in those early years because that's all we were going after and they started reaching out letting us know that like th this is great but what do i do if i'm in a hotel mm -hmm. this is great but i travel all the time and so we started building a lot more this is how this is how i would train you if i had no gear type programs this is how i would train you if I had minimal gear type programs and it just evolved and evolved and evolved. And then COVID happened and COVID really like shifted the American fitness landscape. And so what happened during the COVID pandemic is most people started training at home. So like 79% of Americans started training at home, but then 71% started staying at home after covid and so what happened was they those individuals were like this is actually better i can do this with very little equipment i can do this without interrupting my family schedule mm -hmm. i don't have to burn extra gas to go to the gym i never liked going to the gym anyways i think i'll just continue in my home gym and so the home gym minimal gear workout kind of era really took off after covid because the flexibility of it and the ease of it from a convenience factor people really realized that they didn't need to go lift a bunch of weights to get the fitness they were looking for and, and covid revealed that and so we've continued to pour gas on that fire from the mountain tough standpoint so we've added a tremendous amount over the last three years from very minimal gear programming we've shortened some of the the workouts so that people can be in and out of their home gym within 40 45 minutes mm -hmm. and we've built a a really big library focused more on uh, beginners intermediates folks with injuries folks that haven't worked out in 15 or 20 years or have never worked out before for the last 
two, three years at Mountain Tough, primarily that's what we've been working on a lot of from a content perspective is how do we, how do we take care of that individual who is 45 to 55 with a busy schedule with no gear? What can we do to really help that individual thrive? And that customer base for us has really grown Mm -hmm. and it's cool to see. It's cool to see because it doesn't, it doesn't take a whole lot. I mean, you've seen that through the on-ramp program. (laughs) It's crazy. You can get some phenomenal stuff done with not much time and not much gear. Yeah. So uh, you've become more typical than atypical for a mountain tough customer as the kind of the community has expanded. Oh, well, I'm, I'm really thankful for that because I just thought, well, geography, proximity is going to determine where I can work out. Mm-hmm. And like I was telling you yesterday, I finished on-ramping at home. Downstairs, mm-hmm. a football game was on. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to finish my last on-ramp. <laughs> I'm not watching a football game without... Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, I've, I just feel that this is going to work. The, the, and, and not that I'm in terrible shape, but I always feel that the more you invest in yourself, the more you get out of yourself. And I don't care if that's mentally, if it's you know emotionally, physically. In this case, it's physically, but it'll have all those other benefits. Uh, I... I was worried it'd be one of these, okay, sign up, get a promo for a month, and then there's nothing that that allows you, no mechanism to keep you engaged. And with the website, and then I got to do this. On my phone, (laughs) I have the Mountain Tough app that has more information. (laughs) And my wife will uh, see me on this because I'm just watching some of the Everything exercises and some yeah. of the the uh, workouts. And my wife's like, what, what are you looking at? I'm like, well, I'm trying to see how bad it's going to hurt when I got to do this on <laughs> Friday. Uh, but, you know, right there. Yeah. Everything I need to stay in in this mode and be accountable to myself and, and to my hunting is right here. Yeah. It's pretty crazy how big the library has gotten. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's cool because it's comprehensive now and that regardless if you're a beginner, intermediate, or elite athlete, uh, that app on your phone can essentially be your personal trainer every Mm. single day of the year and not only that but it also has you covered from like a nutritional standpoint some of that work you did with kyle camp is in there from nutritional guidance and then the the mindset stuff i love digging into that too like just straight up mental toughness (laughs) curriculum is in there and rehab rehab it's it's pretty robust now from when it started. Oh, it's crazy what's out there. I I, I could nerd out on, on a lot of that. <laughs> uh, time keeps me from, from nerding out too much. Uh, right now, you guys, I think it'll probably expire before this podcast drops because I have some like Crush 20. Crush 24, 24. is our big 
60% off the annual subscription. Right now. Right now. And then that expires January 8th, yep. I think, something like that, of 2024. And then you guys went through the whole headache of for our audience because you know that promo code Randy is almost like... <laughs> You know, it's crazy. Oh, uh, there's these promo code software sites. Oh, really? Randy got in one of those, in whatever the the churning of that is. And so one of our partners dropped promo code Randy. Because a bunch of people found it? Yeah. That should know? Yeah. It's just like, oh, people go and say promo code for their product. (laughs) Randy, Randy. There's, I guess there's some websites that'll tell you. And, uh, but you guys were kind enough to do that for our audience. So I think promo code Randy, if I remember right, will give the listeners, uh, it's their six weeks free. Yeah. Some, so they'll start on the 14 day free trial and then get a whole nother free month. Yeah. Which that one's awesome because you could, with code Randy on six weeks free, you can get all the way through on ramp, which is two weeks. Then you can get all the way through amount to foundation program, uh-huh. which is four weeks. So you can get two programs in before you decide if it's something that you're moving forward with or not. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure that once they get to that point, they're moving forward. That's <laughs> yeah. a pretty easy business proposition on your your point because I'm confident that once you get them there your investment in them or, you know, promotion to them is going to be worth it. Oh yeah. They're, they're going to, most people are going to stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. Usually what we hear the most of now is the people that's kind of even like a trending hashtag or you see it in our comments a lot. A lot of what you'll see now is just hit play, just hit play all I have to do is just hit play and you'll be at trade shows or events and everyone will kind of come up and say, I can't believe all I did was just hit play. And that's what's so nice about kind of the technology now and the Mountain Tough app is you can just walk into your basement and hit play and you're going to get a phenomenal workout. You don't have to think about what should I do today? How should I do it today? And by just hitting play, the thing that I love is it eliminates all those distractions. So if you walk into a gym without a plan, you'll be very distracted. You might be thinking about work, checking your phone. Right. But but just hitting play in the Mountain Tough app, regardless of where you're at, you're going to get a great workout. Yeah. Well, so far, that's definitely (laughs) been the case. I've been in it for, well about a month now mm-hmm. and uh feel this i feel better i think about how i normally would feel by early january you know getting done in early december by now i'd at least be gaining five of my 10 winter winter fat pounds mm-hmm. and i'd have the blah i'd you know the the afternoon like trying to <laughs> trying to stay awake kind of problems but i i hope people will will go and check it out dustin because your story is so cool uh the approach that you and all your team have about uh when you told me your why was to change a hundred thousand lives that 
seems so far away from what I thought you were going to tell me the business why was mm -hmm. or your business purpose, which is what makes it really cool. It's, it's kind of like my why. There's really no measurement of, oh, we got to maximize this profit and have distributions and, uh, you know, dividends. My why has nothing to do with that. Your why has nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. But you can do an awful lot of good by getting up every day, coming to work and saying, here's our why. And this, these daily things we do is what accomplishes that. And it's, it was not what I expected. But now that I'm in it, I can see why it's different. I love your story too, because your story of wanting to continue to elk hunt until you're 80. Yeah. I think that that is the story that I would want, like most of my friends and uncles and people I really care about the most. It's kind of what you really want for them is longevity yeah. in their health. And so if I think about like my dad or my uncle, I... I want them to be as physically able to move with with mobility and more ease into their 60s and 70s regardless of their sport. Yeah. So like my dad's big into kite surfing. Hmm. And so by 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 training it's not that he's going to get like super jacked and buff but he's going to get 10 more years of kite surfing right. unless there's some unforeseen mm -hmm. circumstance. Right. But I, I think that there's a lot of longevity discussions right now. And most of those discussions in like popular media are about like living till you're a hundred mm -hmm. with mountain tough. That is not the goal of living till you're a hundred. Right. It's can you be more mobile longer and that makes a huge difference. Like being being mobile and strong and healthy in your sixties versus not, that's a substantial difference in quality of life. Yeah. So I think that longevity of movement can help you in hunting, but it's gonna help you in a lot of other areas as well. Yeah. And that's there's so many things there that you just touched on that are part of my, if you want to call it my story, I, there's lots of quote unquote, my story that I'd never have told the audience. I probably on your podcast the other day, I'd listened to it and my wife was hearing bits and pieces of it. She's like, that's more than you've ever told your audience. I'm like, <laughs> well, when you're the host, it's about the guest, not about, not about you. But, uh, you know, when you're talking about my story, the the part that you were referring to is I told my wife I was going to backcountry elk until I was 65 and now I'm 59 and that's only six years away. I'm like, no way. So I've pulled that stake and I'm planting it out there at age 80. And whether I live that long or who, who knows, maybe I won't. But to your point of the quality of life and the being able to do the things you want at the level you want, for as long as you can, 
is is what drives me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I of, of my mom's seven brothers, one of them worked his whole life, just worked. I mean, he had spare jobs. On the weekends, he'd cut firewood. He was always, I'm retiring when I'm 64. And he retired. His birthday was in November. Six, eight weeks later in early January, he got a diagnosis of glioblastoma, incurable brain cancer. And uh, so here he was in his 60s. He thought, I'm going to get to do all these things. He didn't get to. He fought it for three years, but he lived in Idaho, and uh, he loved to, to trap. And so I said, come up to Montana, have have Barb bring you up, and you can come with me. I'll go find some spots. We'll go trap some muskrats and help out some of my ranch clients. And we did that, and then he came up the next year, and we did it. But his health was really going down and he said something to me that to this day i in fact it's written on my wall in my office don't confuse breathing with living in other words he was breathing but his health was to the point he wasn't living not at least not living the robust active outdoor life he'd lived all of his life Mm -hmm. and i i think about him and then I think about my own situation being at the Mayo Clinic in 2005, like I was telling you a few weeks ago, where I didn't think I was going to make it. And now I view health, like getting up every day and having the opportunity to do something to, to a high level is like the greatest gift I, I could ever ask for. Yeah. And I'm so thankful to feel like I kind of went to the edge because some people get to the edge and it's terminal. They're gone. Yeah. I, I feel like I got to peek over the edge and I made a vow to myself and I told Kim and Matthew this. It's like, if I get off off this couch, out of this bed, when they clear me, I'm never taking my health and, and another day for granted. And I, Kim would say that's when he really put his on the gas when it comes to hunting yeah Uh, but i i view that as such a gift i don't want to waste it just because i'm too busy or i've found some excuse not to invest in it here's this gift of health i've been given at age 59 in spite of a, a really rare liver condition and in spite of some other things i gotta take that yeah i gotta invest in that and that's what this whole next phase is for me is to be investing and investing so that if I do live to 80, I'm hoping that you're at the trailhead that day yeah. <laughs> when I start heading up the hill. Yeah. Because that, that's how much I want to get out of this gift I've been given. Mm-hmm. And I know some people probably like, Neighbor, you, you fall on your head today or what? But I, it's just, <laughs> huge. It, it's what inspires me. It, it's, it's what I get up every day. And I think about that. I got to take these liver meds and it's like, all right. It, it's just like that reminder. It's my little mechanism that ties me back to that promise I made to myself that I am not, I'm not taking this for granted. I'm going to do something purposeful, something that's important to me. And I'm going to, I'm going to do it. 
Yeah. And uh, I, I know not everybody can relate to that probably, or I, you know, a lot of people maybe can to some degree, but what you guys do and the way that fits in what I want to do is really, really helpful. That's great. Um, I love that because I think it is a gift. Our, our health is a gift and we can't take it for granted because no. so, so many folks would love to have the health that we have yeah, or that they would love to have the ability to get to do what we do and I mean, it can be taken from us at any second. Yeah. And yeah, my uncle, it. you know, he would have given anything to have that health to keep doing what he loved to do, what he worked all of his life to do. And only, he got a few weeks of it and it was done. And I, I mean, I can even use him as I almost feel accountable to him. Yeah. You know, he, he would kick me in the butt and say, get off the couch. Do you, don't you realize what you've been given here? Yeah. And it, that's another part of what I hope is you, you talk about the changing uh, changing the lives of 100,000 people. I'm sure you guys are going to do that. I have no doubt because of the approach you take. And when I go watch your podcast and listen to your podcast, you have people on there who have really compelling stories mm-hmm. that, give me cause to reflect and think, all right, am I doing what I should be doing? Am I expecting output A by only putting in input F? If I want output A plus, I got to put in input A plus. And, And some of the guests you've had and some of the stuff out on your websites pretty <laughs> there's some really really compelling stories from people there that i i like how you guys use that that mental and emotional and other parts as a bigger package than just the physical part yeah it's so connected yeah, yeah the, the the mind body connection and it it's fun for me too because it's kind of with a lot of those guests and what you're seeing, it's it's fun because I don't think we've really scratched the surface much on human potential. Yeah. As a society, it's kind of like, how much are we missing out on? How how much further could we be taking this? How much yeah. better could we feel, or or how much more physically fit could we actually be? Yeah. It does feel like. we're just kind of barely getting there yeah which that's fun i think the sky is the limit there yeah well most things in society products and services are to make create shortcuts (laughs) yeah all right going back to our earlier discussion the the beauty of hunting is there is no shortcuts the beauty of being fit and healthy and, and vibrant is there's really no shortcut to that yeah, there is not. Yeah. Yeah. And so here you guys are selling. You guys caught the other day, you said something like controlled suffering or controlled. Applied suffering. Applied suffering. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are creating applied <laughs> suffering. And the rest of society is over here trying to make sure no one gets a hurt fingernail or no one <laughs> has to sweep their rug or whatever. You guys are contrarians. 
it is a tough spot actually from that perspective yeah because there is no magic pill there's no magic pill you you have to put in the work and that's true for life business hunting and it's true for even after someone signs up for mountain tough they're going to have to put in the work yeah and that's different than a lot of if you think about like hunting gear like mm-hmm. you can you could go buy a new pack and then do nothing at all with that pack but with with mountain tough after you sign up you are going to have to put in some work which makes it a very unique business compared to some but i think the cool thing that we see a lot of related to that is most people they're they're going to sign up when when they're ready and inspired at the right time yeah so they're going to have an experience like yours or they're going to hear a story like this podcast mm-hmm. and know that all right, now's now's my time. Like I, I'm seeing this from enough angles. I'm hearing this from enough people. I have enough warning signs. I can feel it in my gut that like now's the time to to take ownership of my health. Yep. And when they're when they're ready for that, like we're ready for them at that point to kind of take them by the hand and and walk them through the steps. Yeah. Well, it probably happens to everybody at a different age or a different event. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, on, in our prior conversations, I've talked about all these bumps in the road that I viewed as blessings. I'm still trying to figure out the blessing of this bump <laughs> in the road where I got this big shark bite scar. But one of the blessings I've already found of it is my frustration of not being able to use my hand very well is it made it apparent to me how weak I've become in my upper body by babying this hand. And I said, all right, that was like the last straw that went on the camel's back was my arm. I'm like, all right. And then the the other part, and uh, he's right over here in this room over here is Marcus. You know, I have so much respect for him when he signed up for you guys last year and did it in preparation for his sheep hunt, kind of like I have a sheep hunt in August. And he came back and said, I know you're not into this stuff, Randy, but I'm here to tell you it will make a difference for you. I, uh, my first response. And then I walked in my room and I'm like, huh, if Marcus thinks that's, hmm, I better check this out a little closer. And so, yeah, he does. Here his, I am. He, when he says, every time Marcus says something, it's like, well, I probably should listen to that. <laughs> in person he's kind of quiet but then when he talks it's always profound a little bit yeah there used to be an old commercial about an investment firm called the ef hutton and it was this guy sitting there real quietly and then he leans over and whispers something and all that said is ef hutton when we talk people listen <laughs> In other words, Marcus is that guy. He doesn't say a lot, uh-huh. but when he does, eh, you might want to pay attention. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I really appreciate it, Dustin. I, I can't tell you how excited I am to get you know further along, and and I know when I'm up in the McKenzie's, the last of my four dream hunts, I'm going to be thinking about you guys and the investment you guys made in me. Also, you know, you you. 
yeah, everyone's a customer, but you guys, you're making an investment in them. You're saying, hey, we want you as part of our 100,000 lives we hope to make a positive benefit on. And so it's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you taking that step and the courage to share the story is huge too, because I think yeah. that's going to. That's going to inspire a lot of other people to to start little life changes. And I, I think that that is important for folks to know too. And you could probably, you've probably noticed that just going through the on-ramp the last month. But it's I think it's important for listeners to know this isn't drastic overhaul changes of your whole entire life. No. Like these are kind of just micro little adjustments. Yeah. that we can just kind of sprinkle in at the right time and in the right place. Yeah, and I think that's your secret sauce for at least for me. It's so doable and it's repeatable and it can my life as busy as it is with all my travel and everything can still accommodate what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And it's if I can't make my health and my what I want out of hunting and being a spokesperson for conservation and all the other things that come with my hunting, if I can't make a, you know, whatever weekly hour or time investment of that into that, well, I better readjust my priorities at that point. And uh, you guys, I'm, I'm pretty excited where, where it's been so far and where it's going to go. And so... I guess I'll leave it with uh, any last words that, that you might have. Mm, I'm just excited. I'm excited yeah. to to see the changes in you in the next couple months, and it's it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Justin. I appreciate it, folks. If you're interested, go to Mountain Tough or mtntough.com. Yep. Dot com. Yep. Not the word mountain, mtntough.com. Yep. And then you guys are out on all the other social media platforms. You got your podcast. Yep. Yeah, uh, all the social platforms at Mountain Tough. Yeah. Go to the at, app store, download the app, or do you want them to get the app off your website? Can you, can you get, get to it, it? You can get it straight from the app store, but the best way is to go to mountaintough.com and then click start free trial okay when they click start free trial that's where they can use the code randy there'll be the box for it there okay that's the best way because app store doesn't allow for promo codes oh that's right yeah well we want you folks to have your 30-day free trial so go to the website click free trial yeah. We'll put all the links and everything. Now that it's a YouTube video, this is the first one ever <laughs> filmed, Dustin. We'll put links in the comment below. But for those of you who are listening to this driving down the road, just remember mtntough.com. Go get your free trial and use promo code Randy and get an extra month of of good stuff. Yeah. Get started. So, it's going to be yeah. a, a good journey for you. Yeah. So... You need to promise me that when I get back from the McKenzie's in late August, we can do another podcast. That I promise. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be here. Uh, well, I've already taken two hours from one of the busiest guys I know, and uh, I apologize for that, but I'm, I thank you for that also. Thanks so much, Dustin. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate the opportunity. Great. Thanks for being here. When the sun keeps shining, then I'll strong.
Yeah.